It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at 1400ESPN.net and podcasts of the show at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the good man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios here in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan on this Monday, July 12th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. We have a very busy lineup on tonight's game. Coming up at 6.15, we'll talk to co-host of the game and host of the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario, David McKeg Jr. Coming up at 6.30, special guest tonight, host of Coach's Corner and the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils, Dave Watson will be joining us at 6.30 to talk some local sports, and Dave will stay with us for the remainder of the show. Coming up at 6.45, we'll talk to co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, who will give us an update on what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports scene, and then we will have our sports roundtable intermixed with the Detroit Sports Talk. We have quite a bit of local sports to talk about here in the middle of July, as yes, we're less than a month away from the beginning of the fall high school sports seasons. But we have a lot of hockey to talk about, and the seasons are taking shape as far as schedules. Uh, Just announced this afternoon, Lake Superior State University hockey team has released its full schedule for the 2021-2022 season. We knew most of the schedule as the CCHA released the league schedule a few weeks ago, but we didn't quite know all the non-conference opponents The Lakers will begin the 2021-22 season with back-to-back non-conference road series. The Lakers will open up at Nebraska-Omaha, a former CCHA foe, I believe, going back to that incarnation of the league. Lake State will be at Nebraska-Omaha October 2nd and 3rd. The following weekend, the Lakers will travel to Ann Arbor to take on the University of Michigan on October 8th and 9th. The Lakers will start their home schedule and their conference schedule in the new CCHA as they will take on St. Thomas October 15th and 16th. And this is the first time these two teams have matched up since 1974. After that, the Lakers will be at home for two straight weeks against a pair of New York teams as the Lakers will host Union October 22nd and 23rd. And then they will take on St. Lawrence October 29th and 30th. Of course, St. Lawrence, a rematch from that 1988 National Championship game at Lake Placid. Then Lake State gets into the conference schedule in November. The only other non-conference, or I should say exhibition game, is with the U.S. Team Development Program, the under-18 team. They will be here for an exhibition game on Friday, January 21st. So you can find more information at LakeStateLSSULakers.com. 
Also announced today, single game tickets for Laker hockey will go on sale Monday, September 5th. The season's new Laker Gold plan, which is 10 tickets for 100 bucks to be used in any combination of regular season games, will go on sale Saturday, July 24th. Fans can also now purchase season tickets. So it looks like if that's if reading the tea leaves without them officially saying fans are back, I guess if they're selling tickets, we're going to have fans at the Taffy Abel Arena. And that is good news. And coming up either tomorrow or next Tuesday, I'm not 100% sure, our next edition of the Laker Hockey Show. Well, another team that's been very busy this summer in the world of hockey, the Sioux Eagles. We cover the Sioux Eagles right here on ESPN 1400. They've had a couple tryout camps already. They had one down in Chicago, another one in Petoskey. The Sioux Eagles will hold their main camp August 6th through 8th at the Big Bear Arena in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. This is where they will pick the majority of their team. As the NOJHL this past week has announced the release of the 2021-2022 schedule, the 336-game slate will begin on Thursday, September 16th. Of note, all the scheduled dates remain tentative pending approval on a return to play from provincial, regionals, and municipal health authorities as it relates to COVID-19. So the schedules are out, but there are still lots of questions. As part of the schedule, league teams will play within their own division only until the Christmas break. So Eagles and Sioux Thunderbirds once again in the West Division with Blind River, Elliott Lake, who has changed their name to the Red Wings, Espanola, and Rayside Balfour. The Eagles are scheduled to open up their NLJHL season at home on September 17th against the Sioux Thunderbirds. The Sioux Thunderbirds, after that, will be at Blind River. Their home opener is slated for September 24th at the John Rhodes Community Center against the Blind River Beavers. But again, there's still that big question, at least on one team's mind, the Sioux Eagles, as far as the border being reopened. It's been extended through the end of July. I know the Prime Minister of Canada was quoted over the weekend saying that he thinks it might be a while before they open the border, and certainly that leaves the Eagles once again in limbo. According to media reports there, we're going to try to get uh, general manager Bruno Braganolo or head coach Doug LaPrada on here over the next few weeks, at least before the main camp talking about it. You know, the Eagles, they're doing what they have to do to try to prepare as far as the border. That's outside of their control. So they are continuing to prepare for the upcoming NOJHL season. And five players from last year's Eagle teams have found opportunities to play at the college level. Sioux native forward Bobby Price and defenseman Nolan Dresch, they're headed to Trine University in the fall. Joel Martin committed to Hamline University, while Malik Ali and Alex Carruthers, they're going to play at Indiana Tech. And uh, one other Eagles note, Fedor Fedorov has joined the Eagles as an assistant coach. He is the brother of NHL Hall of Famer Sergei Fedorov, and he will be with the Eagles this year. So we got all the schedules set. OHL with the Sioux Greyhounds, they will start October 8th. We got the CCHA in Lake State. They will start in early October. And the NLJHL scheduled to start in mid-September. And if they do have Sioux Eagles hockey, and by all accounts, it looks like 
they will. We'll have those games right here on ESPN 1400. Yours truly. And if we can get him across the border and get him COVID testing and whatever the heck else he's going to have to do to get to the games, we'll hopefully get Larry Pazabon back on the mic as well. The NLJHL has partnered up with five Northern Health units to host a friendly vaccine playoff competition amongst teams. The goal of the competition is to encourage youth and all eligible hockey fans to get their COVID-19 vaccination. The team vaccination rates will be posted starting on Wednesday, and this includes several health units in Northern Ontario. And the NLJHL is hoping to get more people vaccinated. According to the commissioner, Robert Mazuka, the NLJHL looks forward to returning to the arenas in a fully vaccinated and safe environment for our players, hockey fans, and our team staff. Our teams are eager to participate in the vaccine playoff event starting on Wednesday. So that's certainly some good news from the NLJHL. Some other good news in the world of local sports. Again, kind of keeping a hockey theme here in mid-July. Abby Rock is one of 27 athletes invited to be part of the 2021-22 U.S. Women's National Team Residency Program that will commence in October at the Super Rink in Blaine, Minnesota in preparation for the 2022 Olympic Winter Games. Rock, a Sault Ste. Marie native, is just one of two Michigan players invited and part of a group of 11 players seeking to make their Olympic debut, concluding a standout career at the University of Wisconsin last spring. Rock was named the 2020 WCHA Player of the Year. She was also the Bob Allen Women's Player of the Year, given to the top American-born women's player by USA Hockey. So Abby Rock very well could be on the Olympic team next weekend. There is a high school basketball All-Star game in St. Ignace on Saturday, the 35th UP All-Star Classic, which took place in the Iggy Zone in St. Ignace. And it was the East versus West. And the East won the girls' game. Some standout players from the area here, Suhai's Jordan Haller and Lily Alaspa each had 16 and 11 points for the East in their win. Haley Marshall of St. Ignis scored 10 points, while Emily Hart of St. Ignis had 7. Chesney Molina of Rudyard also had 10, and Cedarville's Cassidy Barr and Alicia Cosley had 2 points each. This was the first time in a couple years that they were able to have this all-star classic. It was canceled last year due to COVID-19, but the Ingalls family down in St. Ignace, well, if they can rally about anybody, and they did, led by Doug and Doreen Ingalls and Jackson Ingalls, who officiated the games. They wanted to get this game together. It sounds like it went pretty darn good. Pretty, pretty good, as they would say. Also, for the boys game, the East also won that one. And leading the way for the East in the boys game, looking at some local players here, Logan Depew of Newberry, he had 21 points. And Caleb Coleman of Cedarville had eight points. Micah Bailey of Maplewood Baptist had six for the East. And so the East took out the West. Always curious how they split that up. They used to do a North-South sort of thing, and I think they split it on M28. But I would imagine the dividing line Without looking at the rosters and the scores would be, what, Marquette East would be the East and Marquette West would be the West? I should know I'm a geography major, but I don't. I do know this. 
We're going to take a break here on the game. We come back. We're going to talk with David McKeg Jr. from Sioux, Ontario. Very excited about the Euro 2020 final as well. We'll talk to Dave about the NHL heading into the offseason. It looks like it's going to be a very busy offseason. Also talk a little bit about Conor McGregor, the big fight over the weekend that, well, didn't go Conor's way. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Coming up at 6.30, we'll be joined by the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and host of Coach's Corner on 1230 WSOO, Dave Watson, to talk about local sports. And then at 6.45, Dave and I will be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports for the Metro Detroit sports scene and our roundtable. Joining us now, co-host of our show, The Game, on ESPN 1400 and host of the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario. Dave McKegg Jr. joining us on the game. Kegger, how are you doing on another warm Monday? Scotty, my friend, I cannot complain about this weather, okay? Let me tell you, I wish we had this all year round. But then, you know, maybe we wouldn't have the same winter sports. Maybe I'd take that back just a tad. But you know what? Summer is definitely too short here on, on both of our sides of the borders, if you will. And, you know, certainly enjoying the weather as best as I can. Uh, how are you, my friend? And hopefully all is well with yourself. Doing great, Dave. And uh, we're going to kind of delve into several topics today, uh, maybe away from the local sports, because we'll be talking more about that later on with Dave Watson. But uh, yesterday afternoon, uh, you are of Italian descent. I (laughs) am not of English descent, but we were on opposite sides for the Euro 2020 final, which took place at Wembley Stadium. England and Italy. England scored in the first two minutes. It looked like it might finally, after 55 years, be coming home. But instead, Italy made it coming Rome as Italy wins in a penalty shootout over England to take their first Euro Cup since 1968. And Dave, during that match, it was I'm an England fan, but I'm also an Italy fan. It was very hard for me to root against Italy. I think it was the first time since I've watched soccer that I was kind of rooting against Italy, but what a story for Italia. Forza Italia, the Azzurri, they come through. Uh, Not a lot of expectations going into the tournament, Dave, after Italy missed the World Cup in 2018, but Roberto Mancini, he took that team, uh, kind of broke it apart, tried a lot of different things, and Italy takes home the championship, and uh, Paisan, that's got to feel pretty good. You know what, Scotty? It feels fantastic. And for us, that for sure, and my family, certainly very excited. And for anyone out there guessing how McKeg is Italian, well, I may as well give the listeners who may not know that background, McKeg is not Italian. It's more of a variety. But, however, my mother is from Italy, and that is how I was raised, essentially, with my entire family. So I may be 50-50. However, I consider myself more like a 90-10 to because of how I was raised and certainly the way I talk and a lot more other reasons why as well. But, nonetheless, it was certainly fantastic to see, you know, being down early. And Italy, though, was the better team from the 30-minute mark and on for that soccer game. And, you know, or should I say football game for probably 
proper. You know, and they, I honestly feel when it came to the, to the penalty kicks, you know, they, it, it swung both ways, the momentum, right? Like all the pressure went on the 19 year old from England and it, it went down to the wire. England and Italy, you couldn't have asked for a better final matchup, right? And honestly, it was exciting going from, from, from net to net. The fans were really involved, of course. And of course, the English crowd was certainly heartbroken, especially David Beckham, who was in attendance and the royalty up there as well. Uh, but overall here in the Sioux and Sioux, Ontario, there was parade going on down the street, down Great Northern Road, Trunk Road, Queen Street. Uh, the horns were honking. The Italians here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario were partying, and it was great to kind of see a little bit of normality because of, even though they're following COVID measures, they're still celebrating that. It's great to see a group of fans together, and of course, as everyone knows, in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, is essentially a little Italy, we like to call it here, and uh, it was a great performance all around by the Italia, and uh, you know, the big, the big thing that I felt that I got to give credit to is England from the position play and how they're able to shut down Italy from that force that they had from 30 minute uh, minute mark and on. And essentially when it comes to the soccer depth and details, I may not give the same analysis as both Scotty and uh, soccer analysts of the show, Daniel Scarpino would my cousin. Uh, but overall I will say that that game was the game to watch in that tournament. They did not disappoint. And coming from the background of Italy, being Italian, yeah, it's a bit more sweet. And I had numerous jokes and texts come to me, especially from friends that are fellow Italians, saying how excited they were. And then questions being asked, how does it feel to cheer for a winner? Uh, and I got a little <laughs> chuckle of that question. I do cheer for a couple winners. A couple of them are definitely not winners, but I would say that Italy is a winner. Uh, to see them win the Euro this year uh, is fantastic. And the team, uh, just overall fantastic. I said that about five times about Italy. And just England, though, I still got to give credit, as I said numerous times already as well. This was a team that put a hard fight until the end. And with all that pressure coming on the final kick, I feel for that young man. Yeah, anytime England gets the penalty kicks in a major tournament, it usually ends poorly, and that's exactly what happened. But, hey, congratulations to Italy. I'm not Italian, but I root for them, and it was very happy for them to win the Euro. Dave, uh, the Stanley Cup champions once again this season, the Tampa Bay Lightning, after they dispense of Montreal in five games. And it's going to be a busy and quick off season uh, with free agency and everything coming up. So just overall, uh, your thoughts of the Stanley Cup and uh, where the NHL heads into the off season. Oh, it's going to be an exciting off season. This month of July, you got the finalists for expansion draft for teams to submit uh, before the 20th of July, and then you got the expansion draft right after that. Then you got the free agency hitting the draft. It's a busy July. And today, of course, the Edmonton Oilers announced the trade with the Chicago Blackhawks getting Caleb Jones and a third round pick for Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith going to the Edmonton Oilers. He still has two years left remaining on a five point. Well, I'll say six. I don't want to go five point five three seven two five. I feel like there's too many numbers to say, even though I just said it. They have a big cap hit that they're retaining uh, with Duncan Keith bringing in are the Oilers, and they made a good move on defense. It's the start of a very active offseason, I think, for teams and also just Canadian teams in general. Uh, obviously, with Tampa Bay, Scotty, that team is absolute powerhouse. Yeah, $18 million over the cap. I know Nikita Kucherov had a T-shirt made because of that. He got endorsed by a beer company because of his press conference, which was absolutely savage by the way, by Nikita Kucherov. Like, if you're a Tampa fan, you're probably laughing. But if you're a Montreal or even a hockey fan, you might go, oh, 
Oh, was that necessary? And let me tell you, I'm actually, I found it quite enjoyable the way Nikita Kucherov handled himself in that press conference, kind of uh, calling out a little bit of the Montreal fans, but nonetheless, myself being a Canadian citizen, we are certainly a very passionate fan base, and we know better than anybody in Canada that when you're down in a Series 3-0, there's always still a chance, and that's kind of the Canadian way, if you will, and despite Montreal made it interesting getting to Game 5, they couldn't make it even more interesting to get to Game 6, and Nikita Kucherov's comments were completely savage. So if you haven't heard that press conference yet, it's certainly worth the good old watch to find online. But again, Scott, this offseason is going to be extremely active. And if you're a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, after yet another disappointing first-round exit for the fourth time uh, in recent years, you know, do you what kind of changes do you expect from them? What do you look at from the Ottawa Senators who hired Pierre Maguire? today as well in the senior kind of player development role so Pierre Maguire transitioning from uh, analysts and everyone having the means but Pierre Maguire is now involved in the Ottawa Senators organization so Seattle you know their 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 social media pages are off the charts like it's hilarious so this offseason I'm actually very excited for but speaking as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan as everyone knows that I am taking the whole stat off here for a second I'm still in disgust if you will of this season but it's certainly going to be wild to see the changes that can be made and who's going to step up for each team in terms of making the moves that are needed I got my eyes on Toronto because of that expectation it's going to be very interesting to Montreal ads so all the Canadian teams got my eyes on in particular because it really opened up the Canadian teams this year but as well as a free agency class and Vladimir Tarasenko requesting a trade my goodness Scotty it's going to be absolute zoo this offseason but the next thing around the corner is submitting the, the expansion draft lists and Seattle drafting your favorite player as they would say on their social media so it's going to be interesting do you have anything funny that you're looking forward to this offseason Scotty? Well, you touched on a lot of it, Dave. I'm really looking forward to that expansion draft because of what Vegas did with their expansion draft about three years ago. All Seattle has to do is follow that blueprint. Now, will they get the high-caliber players that Vegas got? We'll have to see. But I'm I'm excited for them to join the lead, of course, with Ronnie Francis there leading the way. Sue Ontario boy, former Greyhound, really excited about that. And i got to admit, Dave, Ottawa might be my new favorite team because they got Pierre Maguire off. I got to look for them. Thank you, Ottawa Senators. Thank you very much. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. Davey, a final topic before we get to what's going on with the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario. Connor McGregor this weekend. Uh, UFC. We're going to talk a little more about this later. Obviously, the injury really, well, I wouldn't say overshadowed everything. Dustin Poirier won the fight uh, with McGregor's injury and, of course, lots of talking after the fight and McGregor today saying that he won the fight. I just wanted your take on UFC, whatever number it was, and just the whole Conor McGregor thing right now. What, what are your thoughts? You know, I had the luxury of being able to go to a friend's house and watch that fight. And at the same time, I also offered my friend to pay for that pay-per-view and he said no numerous times and I'm guessing maybe he's changing that decision because that fight went real quick and I, that's why I re-offered again at the time to ensure that I offered uh, to pay one more time because you know what, again, it went quicker than expected and I'll be honest, McGregor had a good mentality kind of going into that fight uh, in terms of trying to attack uh, the the shins and kick because that's what Poirier did in the previous fight but ultimately it is what led 
to Conor McGregor, I think, doing that with the shin. If you look at some kicks prior to that, it probably may have weakened the shin and the leg overall, and it caused him to get, when he got back into a stance, to roll, and it was a gruesome scene. It's hard to watch that. If you don't like graphic content, that certainly wasn't the fight to watch at the end there, but I found it quite interesting on how it all led up to that point, and McGregor to say that he led and won that fight, he did get probably a good, decent amount of points in terms of kicks, but if you look at Poirier when he had him down in submission, they thought the Gillard team was on Poirier, it wasn't really effective. Poirier was utilizing the cage, he was moving, and then Poirier got up and was absolutely giving him some good shots while McGregor was on the ground. So I would have to give that first round to Poirier, even if McGregor did, didn't break his leg because of just the overall technique in that first round. But it was still entertaining. That first round was almost more entertaining and some other fights that occurred that night. So overall, I would give that UFC not the most positive of grades, but to see McGregor go down the way that he did, it's really unfortunate. You don't like to see guys of that popularity and talent and kind of presence in the UFC uh, kind of go down that way. I hope there is another fight, but again, a fourth fight doesn't make sense. To have a conclusion trilogy, it did. I'm not sure if it will be occur, but I think it should. I'm just upset now that Jake Paul's eating all this up on social media. The guy is an absolute no-no for me. Uh, I hope that Connor can maybe fight him as a rehabilitation stint and then Jake put Jake Paul down for a couple uh, in a quick round one. But overall, Scott, that UFC... Exciting to watch that first round. Unfortunately, the, the way it went down, though. Dave, we got a couple minutes left. What's ahead for you and the crew for the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario? So, in terms of Sioux Marie, Ontario, we got lots of shows planned this week, Scotty. I know we have a soccer edition planned with yourself and Daniel this week, which will be exciting. Of course, talk about the finals that have occurred, as well as we do plan to have maybe, depends if an NBA championship's crowned, if an N1's going to happen, we will have a top shelf edition. We do plan to record it actually this evening and have it up potentially by tomorrow or Wednesday morning. So, we have various new shows that are coming around, but in terms of a special edition show we will have an upload this week it will be more towards the end of the week and it will be with andrew bondnerchuk obviously the former bruin winnipeg jad he's had some time in the national hockey league certainly it was an absolute fire of an interview so make sure everyone checks that out loads of content just make sure everyone keeps an eye on the gamesportshow.com and where you get your podcast because we got new shows coming and we got interview shows coming up it's going to be a great week Looking forward to it indeed. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. Dave, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Monday night right here on ESPN 1400 for our next edition of the game. Sounds good, Scotty. Thank you, and thank you again, listeners. Please don't hesitate to hit follow, like, and subscribe on all of our platforms as well. Very good, sir. We're going to take a break. we come back, we will talk to Dave Watson, voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, the game, ESPN 1400. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 631 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. want to thank Dave McKay Jr. for joining us earlier. Coming up at 645, we'll talk to co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports about the Metro Detroit sports scene and our roundtable. And joining us for the roundtable and joining us right now in studio, host of Coach's Corner and the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils on 1230 WSO and 
Good friend of the show, Dave Watson, joining us here on this Monday night. Prof, appreciate you coming in. A little warm out there. Thanks for making time for us on the game. Always a pleasure, Scotty. Do you keep my uh, big toe in the water, you know, because I'm not doing anything else on the air. So uh, you're kind of keeping me fresh for when uh, Coach's Corner and uh, Sioux High Sports gets going next month, having me coming on once in a while. So I appreciate it. And it's always a pleasure to come on and uh, talk about, uh, of course, national and regional sports when we got Butch coming on and the local scene as well. Yeah, we talked a lot earlier, Dave, about hockey as now we have all the schedules out for the teams around here. We had the Sioux Greyhounds a couple weeks ago uh, released their schedule they'll start at home in early october last week the nojhl uh, released their schedule the uh, thunderbirds and eagles will start hopefully on september 17th at puller stadium and just today the lakers announced their 2021 22 season schedule dave we knew a lot of the games but we didn't quite know the non-conference matchups the lakers will start at nebraska omaha and then they will travel to the university of michigan come back and play St. Thomas in their first CCHA contests and then play uh, back-to-back weekends at home against Union and St. Lawrence. It's a pretty darn good preseason schedule. I should say non-conference schedule for the Lakers. It's a nice slate. It really is. You know, you go to Omaha, play a pretty good team that uh, it had a good quality year last year uh, in uh, the National Hockey Conference. Of course, Michigan uh, is looked to be uh, one of the top teams perhaps in the Big Ten. They really uh, were uh, a team that uh, they were able to uh, take advantage of the portal, the transfer portal like a lot of the the Power Five schools did and be able to get some guys to go with all the studs coming in two games it's always difficult at uh, Yost Arena and then you have a, a pair of quality ECAC teams Union who won a national championship not that long yeah. ago in uh, St. Lawrence as well and as you mentioned earlier a rematch of the 88 national championship game all we need is Pete Stauber to come back yes we do and run into the net yeah, again lift, one lift of my, it up is hard to do back then my my all-time favorite uh a play as far as it did it evolve the work that scored the game winner but I, the I best love no that. call of history oh, probably of Laker <laughs> hockey <laughs> you look back at it, it's still hilarious. But, no, that's a good slate of non-conference games. And the NOJHL, Dave, obviously the big caveat with the Eagles is the border situation uh, remaining closed through most of July. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau was quoted over the weekend saying it might be a while. And, you know, time is getting kind of precious well, you know, it's less than two months away or just about two months away. Eagles are doing all they can to prepare. But again, there's the, the elephant in the room. Will the border be open? You know, and I heard you say you'd like to get Bruno Bragnalo or Doug LaProd and or on, uh, you know, talk about that. And, and you know, I'd, I'd have a lot of uh, good questions for him as you would probably about similar. And that is. Uh, how do you have tryouts, Scotty? You know, and what do you tell the kids? Well, you know that we still not sure what's going on because you know they could say, yeah, we're we're gonna you know play. You know, that's your opinion, but you know what? It's not written in stone, and times are ticking. And I did not realize that the prime minister uh, said that over the weekend. And when he says it's going to be a while, I'm thinking another three, four months. Well, guess what? We're into the season. Yeah, Dave, and uh, you know we're only uh, four weeks away from high school sports, spring or fall practices uh you'll have coaches corner coming back next month along with uh suhai football certainly this time last year there were a lot of questions but you know by all accounts looks like knock on wood we might have a normal sports season in the high school realm this year 
Barring I anything un- unexpected. I'm pretty confident that the that they will uh, have one. And I, I saw a real good article Mick McCabe did with uh, Mark Ewell in uh, the evening news. The Sioux News picked up on it uh, over uh, the weekend or on Thursday. And uh, I, I think they're in a good spot uh, this year that they're going to get going. I think the majority of uh, sports, as far as the, the ones we wondered about last year, I th- especially you know, at the local level or in, in good standing, Laker hockey, anything at Lake State, I think that's good to go. The one question is when you're crossing the border. That's the one, as we already talked right. about. But I think the Michigan High School Athletic Association is in good shape. I've already saw no masks. They're not going to, uh, as far as that has been uh, tossed, I, I saw a thing today. Vince Gross talked about it on Facebook, the new Suhaya. Uh, volleyball coach, right. by the way, congratulations to Vincenzo, and uh, you know he he mentioned that as well uh, in his post about uh, no masks. So that's a that's a step in the right direction as well. So I think the MHSA will be back, and the majority of what we're used to will be back. The one question, of course, is what we have with the cross border sports, you know, involving in particular the Eagles and the Greyhounds, and you know teams and leagues of that nature. But we're getting closer, and we're getting in a better position. Dave Watson joining us on the game, 637. Coming coming up in about eight minutes, we'll be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. And Dave, you broke the news to me last week, uh, the passing of former Pickford Athletic Director and just all-around good guy, in my opinion, Chuck Bennon, passed away last week at the age of 73. Anybody that followed sports in this area, all the way back to probably the 1960s when Chuck was playing basketball, uh, you know the name Chuck Bennett, not just in Pickford, but all around the EUP. I was fortunate enough to do a couple years of broadcast with him for the EUP game of the week about a dozen years ago, and certainly a, a, a great man and one that will be missed, in my opinion. Yeah, he uh, he passed away in the morning of my birthday on July eighth, yeah. and uh, you know I uh, I saw that that night. Paul Pruchet, his uh, Son-in-law had a, a touching post on there, and then I I put one on our WSOO page that a lot of people it had like I think fifty six shares. It uh, might have broke a record I think for the WSOO yeah, page. <laughs> and uh, you know, you look back at it. I I was fortunate to broadcast some games with them back on Hot Country ninety seven nice in the early days yeah. of the the uh, reboot of the EUP game of the week. You know, here's a guy that he had a bigger in life personality. You know, worked for UPS for all those years. A great coach, led uh, the 92 team, uh, Pickford Boys basketball team to the state semifinals. And, you know, he would always talk about we should have won that game and got to the state championship. Broadcast for many years, even uh, after he became the athletic director at Pickford, he continued to broadcast yep. playoff games. Yep. And, you know, he just loved sports, Scotty. He was a diehard booster, bled purple and white. But not only that, with the, you know, the Pickford Panthers, and he was a diehard Pickford guy and the athletic director there and the coach, but he loved all EUP sports. And this is a guy that, you know, I remember he, you know, I'd be kind of, ah, you know, we got a game coming up tonight. You know, you always love, love to broadcast, but it would just be, ah, we got a game coming up. You get on the phone with Chuck, going to be a good ball game, Dave. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna he he would get you pumped. Yes, he and, would. And this is a guy that knew every kid all the way down to the grade school. He'd say, "There's a kid at Engadine that has a nice crossover dribble. He's gonna nice outside shot. You look out for him." There's a a girl in the Sioux. I mean, it didn't matter where it was. He knew this kid. He knew the parents. 
you know, he, what he did in Pickford beyond sports, you know, that's why we, you know, we honor guys like him and he was, uh, he was great to work with. And, you know, the thing is with him, and I mentioned this on the uh, WSOO post about his passing, a lot of people, I don't know if they knew this or not, the UP game of the week went dormant for quite a while. Right. Bill Crawford and J- Jerry Root did it way back in the day over at Radio Sioux. Then it went dormant. And uh, I think they picked it up on KC Country. Uh, Don Howe and Chuck did it for a while. But one day, he called the radio station in February and talked to Charlie Popcorn, the program director. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> wow. Okay, I, we, we did Paul Vedwagener here. Okay, all right. <laughs> and, and then uh, Jeff Delvore, general manager at the uh, then Marathon Media, became involved. And they were going to put the – his thought was to put the games, the EUP Game of the Week for the playoffs – on Hot Country 97.9. That was Chuck's thought. Well, Dell told him at the time, listen, he says, games are coming up in a couple weeks. I don't have the sales staff to go out and try to get try to get the advertising. Chuck says, do you mind if I give it a right, shot? Right, yeah. And he said, yeah, go right ahead. And, you know, they didn't know Chuck. And they like, well, they said, well, maybe it will work. Maybe they didn't. Well, he comes back the next day or a day or two later, comes in. You could hear him all over the building because he had that, you know, <laughs> huge, you know, voice and, you know, real good personality. And he met, he shook hands, you know, with people up front and he had a legal pad. And on that legal pad was 30 advertisers <laughs> from Pickford to Sue Brimley yeah. Rudyard. He goes, hands it to Dell and says, well, this work, Mr. Delvoe. And Dell looks and goes, we could work with that. Yes, we And that's can. the kind of guy yep. he, and he wanted not just Pickford on. He wanted Brim, Brimley, Detour, all of them. And, you know, he was a big part of that. And if it wasn't for Chuck, it may not happen. I mean, or, you know, at least back in 1999. And he just, his name was established, was was pretty much stapled to a lot of things. And, and as far as getting them going, he was a guy, he, he could get you on board. That's what I remember with him. And it was great broadcasting with him, the knowledge of the games. And he'd always come up on halftime, even if he was athletic director, because he just loved talking about the kids. But uh, no, he's definitely one of the legends of the area. And he will definitely be missed. And of course, I, I sent off a post or a text to Pat Bennon, his nephew, and of course the whole Bennon family as well. But uh, he he definitely is one of those ones he, you just won't forget because with the what he left on as far as uh, the indentation he left and the, the memories that he he leaves behind of what he did. And he was a family guy, always had one of his grandkids with him, especially when he put about 500 miles on that Green Bay Packers golf cart. Yep. The Pickford I was just there. thinking that, and it just, telling he, about the field, how good the field looked. Look at the field. Oh, the field looks so great. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it did. <laughs> and you know what? The PC Pirates program probably doesn't get going without him and he and uh, countless others, but he's the one that got the softball field going and yep. the baseball field as well in Pickford. There's a lot of things in Pickford that perhaps uh, don't get there as quick without him being at the front of it and getting everybody involved. Absolutely. Again, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Bennon family on the loss of Chuck Bennon. We're going to take a break here on the game. Dave's going to stay with us. Uh, Coming up next, we will talk Detroit sports with Butch Davis, co-host of this show and host of Butch on Sports, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400.
It's 2021 and Reed Metals in Dafter, your honest main source, one stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your cooling bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Summer. The change of seasons is sure to bring a smile to your face. Don't let your mood sour at the prospect of dealing with that unreliable mower for yet another year. Rely on the experts at Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service. Their highly skilled technicians can help. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service takes pride in their work and they know that an ounce of prevention can mean years of reliability down the road. Call them to talk about your service needs or stop in and chat with Paul and the gang today. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75, exit 373 Rudyard, Michigan. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson compactor utility tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson compact and utility tractors. Visit Skinners at Pigford to find the right model for your operation. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 646 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. We continue to be joined by 
Dave Watson here on the game as he will join our round table and joining us right now, co-host of the game and host of his own show, Butch on Sports, brand new edition last night, uploaded it to his website, Butch Davis, joining us on the game. You can catch Butch on Sports at the website, Simply Butch 2, that's T-O-O.Podomatic.com. You can also find his shows on our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com, as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the world of sports in Detroit and around the state, country, and world. Butch, how you doing on this Monday night, sir? Uh, this is Monday night. It's dry and it's very dreary here in Southeast Michigan. Uh, it's sunny and hot up here, Butch, and certainly we can use some of that rain. And well, Butch, uh, we got Dave Watson with us uh, to intermix uh, for the round table. And when we were talking last week, Butch, uh, it looked like the Tigers might have an opportunity to maybe make a move in the standings as the schedule in July looked to be a little easier. They started off the week by winning two of three at Texas, and then the Tigers go to Minnesota swept in four games by the Twins, uh, losing yesterday 12 to 9 in 10 innings. And so the Tigers into the All-Star break 40 and 51. Butch, we gave them a lot of love last week. Uh, certainly this weekend uh, things didn't go their way. I gave them nothing. <laughs> we know the Tigers right now is going to be things going to be unstable or whatnot. But I didn't know they would Losing four in a row here. The Minnesota, Minnesota seemed to get their number every time they go out to play Minnesota there. So it's it's no surprise. But again, we're back where we where we were. You know, uh, a thousand games over <laughs> under five hundred and whatnot here. David looked like the Tigers had an opportunity to go into the All Star break. You know, with with a pretty good streak, having played a good baseball last month. But boy, this weekend they just just stunk it up to be quite honest well and i was uh, i was buying it too i was uh bu- buying the the tigers there a week ago like you were saying and I, I said to you off the air when we were talking about the the clunkers they had in minnesota this weekend is i i thought it's like man if they can because now the schedule is getting easier and that is always you know one of those tricky things because they played well against quality teams but now they're playing teams with below 500 though minnesota is improving and i I thought, well, you know, they have a good chance to be above 500 if they keep at the same pace they're at at the end of July. Well, that was wishful thinking. Yes, it was. And Butch, looking at the Tigers yesterday, they also made some news uh, with the Major League Baseball draft in the third pick. And a lot of picks today have been pitchers as the Tigers select Oklahoma right-hander Jackson Job with the third pick. They also took the University of Texas ace Ty Madden and select a lot of pitchers today, Butch. Certainly the Tigers want to stock up on some pitchers. I, you know, again, I'm, let me get down to the target first and foremost there. Oh, the four kids losing streak they had there with Minnesota. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at the management and, and, the, and the management staff there as being uh, somewhat uh, stupid, okay? You know, you bring in a, a, a reliever. And he walks the first person, or else he lets a hit on there. Why would you leave him in there for more damage or whatnot? There, and many people were talking yesterday. And I was talking through there. Is that sometimes you know 
the manager seems to have free willing of doing what he want to do instead of doing or managing as a um, as a coach who's trying to win games. There, when you're trying to win games, you're not going to leave a reliever in there just to to stink it up before you sit up there and pull them and whatnot. And it seemed like the Tigers were very, very adamant when they did that particular uh, last week with or last this past weekend with Minnesota. Now, with the draft in, in, in general, they have these picks right now, they can't help us right now. You know, right. these are someone or somebody that basically down in the future uh, may be able to help us out there. The Tigers are ranked third of Major League Baseball. It's probably having one of the best farm systems right now. I went from sugar to uh, to to uh, better uh, pickings there. Again, if the Tigers are going to do any good there, they got to do make some better decisions than what they've been making right now and start letting the horses loose instead of keeping the horses in the barn until they decide they want to bring them up. Dave, uh, looking at the Tigers heading into the All-Star break, like Butch said, you know, a lot of these guys that they drafted can't help them now. What do they need to do, in your opinion, to, you know, try to get out of this hole, maybe get to 500 and have a chance? Is there anything specific that you're looking at that you think they should do? Well, you know, for one, they're, they're going to have to address the situation in the infield. And you heard uh, Dan Dickerson talk about it this weekend. And I think the TV guys are talking, in particular, second base. You know, Willie Castro, it's just not working defensively there. And and you look at it as far as uh, the stats uh, back that up. And that's, I think, one thing they have to look at is uh, what are they going to do at second base for, you know, right now yeah. and not looking at the future. And, you know, they're really hoping Willie Castro will be that guy. But that's one area they have to look at. The You know, going into the weekend, the bullpen looked really good. But to uh, – uh, Butch made, made a really good point about yesterday's game. I'm, I'm sitting there folding laundry and there's Derek Holland out there and out there and out there. And I know the Cisnero, I think was unavailable. He had a lot of pitches and, you know, Soto's in the all-star game. And I don't know if they were going to pitch him anyways yesterday, but it's like, why is Derek Holland out here for the second or third inning after when he came in to Butch's point, he, he walked a couple of guys right away. And then, and then all of a sudden the bottom fell out. That's the one in particular that I, I was like the same thing there. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I didn't understand it, Butch. And I think, you know, a lot, I think we weren't the only ones in that boat is you know, why is this guy still out there? And, and it didn't make any sense into your, your point that you made. It was stupid. I, I just, I didn't understand that. And, and I was disappointed because I've been very happy with the, what I've seen at AJ Hinch and, you know, a lot of the decision-making, but that there, that didn't make a, a lot of sense to me. Cause if you win that game, even though, he lost the first three if you win that game that's big going into the all-star break okay we serve you know hold serve to a a, to a degree and at least we weren't swept by a a team that's behind us in the standings and going forward it's a clean slate going into the second half and and yeah yeah, they got a bunch of games because i i want to say that was the first time they went to minnesota this year but yeah the Derek holland thing that didn't make any sense why he was out there as long as he was when he certainly couldn't he couldn't find a strike zone if it hit him in the face yesterday (laughs) butch uh tonight the home run derby are you excited about it no <laughs> Dave are you know they're lucky they get my attention I might go watch the grassy high or something there. I don't know but I, I, 
I was very interested to see how Tyler would work out there in this particular uh, stage. He's going to be the starting pitcher tomorrow. He's also in the home run derby there. Will he have any energy? Uh, the past has shown anybody who participated in the home run derby, they're not worth a good snuff in the, in the regular season. So let's see how this go on there. Of course, we have others who are participating in it. Again, you know, they may do good uh, tonight, especially in Coors Field, where basically the atmosphere and the altitude is going to be a, a, a big, big help for hitters there. But again, uh, will they be any good for the uh, lateral part of the season? Dave, I kind of with Butch. I mean, home run derby maybe a while ago I used to like. You know, the one I did like was the old black and white ones where you had like Mickey Mantle going up against Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, they they had a TV show. They did, They put it on ESPN back. That's the the home run derby I want to see. But uh, same question to you, home run derby, even all-star game, does it? Do you get that excited about it? No, and I agree with Butch and you about that, Scotty, that, uh, you know, I've never been wild about the home run derby or any skills competition for that matter. Now, I I might watch a little bit of the all-star game, but even that for in not just baseball, all four sports, I think that's still the one that's the most competitive, though, of the, you know, the the other three are a joke. I mean, the football game, the Pro Bowl is a pillow fight. (laughs) Basketball, I don't know, you know, they keep on changing uh, that in the NBA, but I'll, I might watch a little bit of the of the actual All Star game, but yeah, you know the the home run derby I'm not big into. The only skills competition I liked growing up, and and they they still haven't been able to, you know, get it to this level is the slam dunk competition in the NBA. Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins, Spud Webb. Spud Webb. I, I love that. Of course, you know, back in my younger years, and I, I love that as a kid. But you know, since then, these skills competitions they just really don't do much for me. Butch, same uh, question to you as far as the All Star Game. Uh, any any interest? Does it matter? Will it get you watching? No, none of it here. You know, again, I I don't. I'm picking to see if I watch wrestling like I normally do on Monday, or do I watch the Grassy High and go <laughs> to my little film uh, film library here, or or go back to bed? You know, what? I don't know. You know, I'm not. The home run derby used to be very exciting, but again, uh, as the truth tells us there, mainly when these home run derbies are ran, the actual winner is no good during the season for the team that they uh, they deal with there. So, again, it, it may be somewhat fun for the fans, and especially this year where you got fans in the stands and, and they're going to be there to, to cheer them on. But again, you know, what – what have you done for me lately kind of thing when it comes down to the baseball thing here? Real quick, guys. we got about two minutes before we go to our top-of-the-hour break. Division leaders right now, Red Sox, White Sox, and Houston in the American League, the Mets, the Brewers, and the Giants in the National League. Uh, just uh, real quick, Dave, and then we'll go to Butch uh, in less than a minute. Just overall first half of the baseball season, What's what's been the biggest surprise? Uh, for me, the San Francisco Giants. You know, in the National League, that's been a big surprise. Uh, a little bit with you know how Houston's played really well, but I, I really like Dusty Baker. But for me, it's uh, San Francisco. But I still say the Dodgers are going to you know jump ahead of them in the second half of the season. But for me, the Giants have been the biggest surprise so far. Butch, same question to you before we go to our break. Uh, biggest surprise of the first half. I agree with Miss Watson there. Uh, the Giants were the big winners this uh, upcoming. Uh, 
this particular uh, uh, season starts there, I would not be surprised if there's going to be some pullout in that particular one there. But right now, they're the beast of uh, Major League Baseball when it comes down to uh, 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 looking at it. And the Red Sox, of course, they bounced back from last year, really doing pretty doggone bad to getting back their regular manager, and they're doing pretty doggone well with the standings this year. So those two surprises was, uh, uh, you know, a good thing for me, I'd say, in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I would agree with you both and add Oakland to that surprise. But we shouldn't be surprised because it seems like Oakland does it every year. So maybe the surprise is on me. Gentlemen, we're going to take our top of the hour break. When we come back, we will talk more about the Detroit teams, the Pistons, the Red Wings, the Lions. We'll also look at the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, and more. All coming up on the Twins Who's Only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? That's okay. Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan product to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. It's 2021, and Reed Metals in Dafter, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your cooling bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals, and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. We continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports and special guest Dave Watson, voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils for the roundtable. And Butch, we'll go back to you uh, looking at the National Basketball Association and the Detroit Pistons. Uh, not a whole lot of news I saw other than uh, Sadiq Bay is on the development select team uh, for the uh, Team USA, while a couple other players are still playing, uh, certainly they could use some help because Team USA lost to Nigeria 
in an exhibition game on Saturday. Uh, anything uh, as far as Pistons news and, and notes for our listeners? Well, <clears throat> Isaiah Stewart is out as far as injuries concerned. He's out of the uh, the Olympic camp before he was with the select players there. Uh, that was the big news for, for, as far as the Pistons concerned. Sadiq Bay has been moved up to the uh, – to the major team there for, I guess, to see what he'll do and, or deal with injuries uh, right now going on with the uh, the, the regular uh, Olympic team that will be going over to Tokyo to take on uh, their, their foes there. But nothing much there. Again, this might be a blessing in disguise for the USA. They does not, you know, other teams have been together two to three weeks versus this team been together four days there. Uh, they're gonna have to get together, get it together quick and fast there. If they, if they don't, they will not be ready for France when it comes down to the Olympics there, uh, when they get in Tokyo. Dave, any concerns with Team USA losing that game? Uh, like Butch said, they've only been together three, four days and a lot of the players haven't even gotten to the team. So should USA fans be worried? No, I, I don't think so. Not right now. I agree with Butch. You know, they, they, they haven't even got their sea legs on, you know, underneath them yet. Uh, the, the one big test will be, I, I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they play Australia next in, uh, in a tune-up game. And Australia is a really good team. And to Butch's point, you know, they're another one. Australia in a lot of these teams, Nigeria and all these other teams, they, these guys have been playing together for quite a while. Australia's always had a strong Olympic team, and that will be a very good test and, and a perfect team to play right now here in these pre-Olympic games. But uh, after one game, no, I don't think you get concerned. You don't get concerned until you get to the Olympics and they're down 0-1. Then, exactly. then you start sweating. Yeah, we'll talk about the Olympics here a little later on, uh, some of the things going on there. Butch, last night, Game 3 of the NBA Finals, Milwaukee uh, gets back in the series a bit as they knock off Phoenix 120-100, to I should say. Phoenix still leads that series two games to one. Game 4 will be on Wednesday. Uh, Giannis with, with another big game, uh, 41 points. Uh, what are you seeing out of the NBA Finals, and what what do you think as far as where this series is going? be a little bit more tighter. Uh, the big game for Milwaukee will be this next game come, upcoming this Wednesday there. They got to even up the series for them, them to have a chance to even have anything to do or have to win there. Because again, uh, I do believe the next two games are in Milwaukee before they go to uh, Phoenix for the final two, if that's the case. Uh, they, they're going to have to win uh, each and every game they can get their hands on, especially when they're in front of their home crowd there, to kind of even up the series and make it somewhat legit. Phoenix did not look good last night there, especially uh, Mr. Booker. He, boy, they just sat him practically almost the, almost the second half and then some there because he, he did not look the same. Uh, he looked like his sea legs were gone from him there. Uh, and uh, not to have any complaint with, you know, the staff or anything with uh, Phoenix is concerned, but they did look very sluggish yesterday. Uh, they will be better when it comes down to Wednesday. But, again, uh, Milwaukee's going to have to be much, much better than, than, 
they were in this particular game Sunday in order to keep things going and at least to even up the series. Yeah, Dave, I, I wasn't that surprised that Phoenix lost. I figured they would lose one, if not two, in Milwaukee. But until a road team wins, that's when the series really gets interesting. I just I look at this series and I just think Phoenix has more weapons and more players that can get you. I mean, they're going to need Milwaukee's going to need Giannis to score 40 points a game. And I don't know if he can keep doing that. Obviously, he's done pretty well so far, but Phoenix doesn't play that bad a defense. Uh, certainly, like Butch said, game four is the key. Milwaukee loses that one 3 1 back to Phoenix for game five. And Milwaukee wins that one. Then you got a two out of three series, and anything can happen. If I was a Milwaukee Bucks fan, I think watching this Bucks team is so frustrating. I'd have to drink <laughs> about five, six beers, maybe more a night. I mean, watching them going back to the Brooklyn series, and you hear, you know, guys on TV, Charles Barkley, and the inside guys on TNT talk about it. They are arguably the most talented team on paper, you know, perhaps, you know, if they can get Giannis going and then, uh, you know, they have some good players around them, Holiday and and uh, uh, Tucker's not bad either. And uh, th- then lately uh, they, they're playing Bobby Portis and and he's been a, a big factor. But I, I agree with you. I, I like, you know, Phoenix's makeup a lot. Chris Paul brings a lot. And, if, and Booker does need to get going. He can be a little streaky at times, but when he's on, he's on. But the biggest thing for me is that, Milwaukee's just, and, and you know, I, I don't want to, you know, obviously you get to the NBA finals, you, you're doing something right, but I'm not a big Budenholzer fan, the coach. I mean, some of the decision making, like, I don't understand why, you know, you just have Giannis out there. Maybe it's him doing it himself and you're just popping threes. I mean, when you're that big, take it to the rack, fella. You know, take it, you know, get inside the paint as much as you possibly can and you know, create some offense. And and just some of the decisions, Budenholzer just doesn't seem like a guy that can, during the games, that he'll change as far as being able to change his game plan. And Milwaukee's just a frustrating team because I look at him and I think, boy, they should be better than – they have, but the whole playoffs has been a struggle for him, though they are in the NBA Finals. But you're right, this series doesn't start till a road team wins, you know, on the, you know, at the other's uh, burn. And uh, game four, as Butch said, is huge. If Milwaukee wins that, hold serve. They need to get something going and win game five in Phoenix. Pretty tough place to win indeed. Uh, Scott Nason with you along with Dave Watson and Butch Davis for our roundtable. And uh, Butch, we had the coach of the Red Wings up last week for the 4th of July parade. Uh, The city honored him, and one of his big quotes was he was surprised he didn't get booed. Which, which was nice. It's nice to see the hometown fans not booing the coach. But looking at the Detroit Red Wings, Butch, obviously the NHL draft, the uh, expansion draft, the protected list, uh, it's quiet right now for the Wings, but it's going to be a very busy few weeks for that team and everybody in the NHL. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of faces changing uh, hands when it comes down to the expansion draft. And also uh, this upcoming season there when, again, Steve Eisenman is going to have to decide uh, what young kids he's going to uh, protect or bring up in order to make this team a lot better. I think our, uh, our fans in Detroit and surrounding areas, uh, they expect the Red Wings to be much, much better there than they were in previous years there. Uh, he's Eisman's been here for now two years. Uh, again, uh, he should have a very good feel of who's going to stay and who's going to go. Again, we're going to lose uh, somebody or some people when it comes out to this draft here. 
uh, and also the expansion draft, especially there. Uh, who's going to go and who's going to stay is right now the big, big uh, uh, mystery here right now in Detroit here. And Dave, certainly the Seattle Kraken, all they need to do is look at the Las Vegas Golden Knights playbook as far as uh, how to build a team from an expansion draft. Don't know if they're going to be the high caliber players that were with that franchise, but certainly it's going to be a busy time in the NHL with free agency. You got a draft, you got the expansion draft. The season just ended. We'll talk about that in a moment, but it's going to be a, a busy July in the NHL. It will be. And, there, you know, I was just reading before I came here that, uh, you know, there there's all kinds of names out there as far as, uh, you know, the free agents. And I saw one in particular, the uh, centerman from Toronto, of course, you know, you, you will see if this comes to fruition. Uh, Hyman being yeah. linked to the Red Wings, possibly. But uh, there's going to be a lot of names out there changing. And it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, when Seattle puts their team together, that's when the dominoes will fall for everybody else. Butch, uh, Tampa Bay wins another Stanley Cup in five games. Uh, not that big of a surprise, but again, that we've talked about this often. Steve Eiserman was the general manager of this that franchise that built that team. Certainly give Red Wings fans hope, but boy, that Tampa team, uh, another championship. They look good. And they don't look like slowing down for the uh, for the next upcoming years there. That will be, again, uh, a big shock who Tampa Bay keeps and who they let go because there's some big contracts that have to be fulfilled. And they want to know if they're going to be able to fulfill them for the Tampa Bay team, especially with the one-year contracts there. So, again, with the suspension draft coming in there where you can't keep everybody and you can only protect maybe one or, one or two goaltenders, uh, it's going to be something for Tampa Bay uh to say who they're going to keep and who they're going to let go there. Certainly going to be interesting, gentlemen. And, uh, Butch, let's end our regional sports coverage by talking about the Detroit Lions. Uh, this now official Ford Field will host capacity crowds in 2021, meaning 65,000 fans can pack Ford Field to see the Detroit Lions, according to Lions president Rod Wood today. Uh, not, not a surprise, Butch, but uh, it's official. Lions are going to have full fans. The question is, will they come? They'll come, but again, with this variance of changing up hands there and the lower percentage of people getting vaccinated there, uh, don't think that thing that that, that particular uh, homage of full fans in the stands is going to stay. You know, again, you know, it's going to be up to the general public at large there to get those shots and get taken care of and be safe. It's going to also be um, depending on many fans not wanting to know, the fans that may be sitting next to them or beside them, are they vaccinated, are they safe versus uh, there is going to be no uh, homage when it comes down to asking people, have you been vaccinated or not? They're not they they're not going to ask that they they're only going to be interested in selling those seats and getting those seats filled. So you know it's it, it's the tendency of the fans there if they're going to go down and see the Lions there because of, you know uh, there's a variance is going on which everybody is all kind of information coming out there on who what we should what we should not do who's going to be masked who's got the shot. Who feel they're going to be protected? Who not going to be protected? Um, again, you know, the, 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 
the the variants are there. Okay, we'll see how the uh, general public at large uh, turn out for this particular. Nine times out of ten, if they're able to get the fans in the stand, the Lions is going to sell out there. But again, if something goes backwards, uh, don't expect it to last too much longer. Dave, you of course a Cleveland Brown fan, so the Browns play outside, uh, and you know we're only a few weeks away from training camps, uh, less than a month away from games. Uh, this season, the NFL will be different. We'll have fans in in attendance, uh, many full capacity. We got a seventeen game season, uh, so hey, football's almost here, not too far down the road. What are you looking forward to this season? Well, and I'm looking forward to my own team, uh, and I, you know, I can count on one hand how many times I've been able to say that. Usually, it's <laughs> more um, than me. <laughs> oh boy, the Browns season is stirring, but I'm I'm looking forward to to uh, seeing if uh, they are, you know, who we think they are. You know, to kind of quote uh, old Dennis Green from back in the day. Uh, remember uh, the press conference Minnesota, with the Cardinals? Yeah, yeah but uh, you know, uh, I, I look at it right now. What I'm looking forward to is my own team, and I'm kind of intrigued to see what Aaron Rodgers does here in the next month. Just you know, thinking he's, that he's playing a lot of golf lately, but uh, you know, it's coming where he's got to have to make a decision. That's something I'm I'm kind of interested. I know a lot of Lions fans are as well, but uh, that and and along with the fact of okay who are going to be like Kansas City I'm I'm very interested in them they they made a lot of good decisions this year as far as their offensive line and so I'm looking forward to that I'm I'm just looking forward to football coming back because it, there's nothing like uh, the NFL and college football and uh, it's just around the corner Yeah I am too Dave uh, you know looking at the Lions obviously uh, another rebuild but a new quarterback for the first time in a long time uh, what 13 years I think and so I'm excited for that and I'm really excited to see how good Tampa is again mm-hmm. this year. I mean, Tom Brady will, what, 43 years old? He'll be 44, I think, by the end of the season. I just don't see this team getting any worse. I mean, they got everybody back, and Brady, his skills don't seem to deteriorate at all. So I'm looking forward to that. And and other teams like a Buffalo to see if they can take that next step and maybe mm-hmm. become one of those elite teams. Uh, Butch, before we wrap up the football, uh, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to in the upcoming season, maybe that we mentioned or we haven't mentioned so far? Not too much. Uh, well, we know that the Detroit Lions uh, camp is going to be very much a, a huge, good battle there because they got new management staff and whatnot in place. Uh, Jared Goff, I think he's a better quarterback than people announce on television. And uh, I know they talk him very much so down. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, a blessing in disguise when it comes down to running the Detroit offense there, it's going to be about the defense and how they're going to react and how they're going to start holding people down to the expectation of what a defense should deal with when it comes down to Detroit Lions. They have, we have not had a dominant defense in Detroit for five or six years now there, and that has been a huge problem. We have been scoring points, but we got to be able to hold people when we get a lead or come up there and tie them or get close to winning a game or something there. And that's going to be the big, big pick when it comes out of the Detroit Lions. Gentlemen, we're going to take a break. We come back, we'll open up our roundtable portion and talk about more of the national and worldwide stories going on in the world of sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. 
At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Summer, the change of seasons is sure to bring a smile to your face. Don't let your mood sour at the prospect of dealing with that unreliable mower for yet another year. Rely on the experts at Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service. Their highly skilled technicians can help. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service takes pride in their work, and they know that an ounce of prevention can mean years of reliability down the road. Call them to talk about your service needs, or stop in and chat with Paul and the gang today. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75, exit 373, Rudyard, Michigan. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 20 minutes past the hour on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports and the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and host of Coach's Corner on 1230 WSO, Dave Watson for the roundtable. Gentlemen, let's open up the roundtable. Dave, you're our guest, so we're going to give you first topic, uh, something that we haven't talked about or maybe you want to talk more about in the world of sports. Butch, will give you first crack. So, Dave, what's on your mind tonight? All right, well, uh, you, you threw, uh, threw this at me the last second. I was I trying did. to think <laughs> That's how we roll on the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you better be uh, ready to go. And I'm, I'm just, uh, what on my mind is uh, just intrigued to what happens here, second half of the baseball season. And we've seen, we talked about this at the uh, start of uh, when we were talking about the regional uh, stuff and what's going on with Major League Baseball. But I was seeing, you know, what happens here in the second half, uh, you know, the Red Sox, and uh, I, they're starting to look like they wanted to pull away from Tampa Bay in the uh, AL East. Uh, that I'm watching and see if the, the Yankees actually can uh, turn it around. Cole, uh, Garrett Cole had a great uh, performance the other day in his return to Houston. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at those and then, uh, and as well as, I still think the Dodgers are going to catch the the Giants in uh, in the uh, National League, but just seeing how that unfolds in the second half as we uh, get into the second half of the season into July, and then the stretch run run pretty much starts about mid August. Butch, uh, your thoughts on Dave's topic: second half of the baseball season. Oh well, it, 
it should be more exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm getting I'm betting a dozen of donuts, and I'm watching the crowds that come back in certain stadiums across America. There, uh, with Chicago Cubs selling out fans left and right. Of course, that's a always a sellout. Of course, and they just do good, bad, or ugly there. But I'm, I'm looking at the fans in Detroit. Uh, uh, their slow return. There has not been no. Uh, it's been enthusiastic crowds there, but again, the, the biggest crowd they have been able to get so far in uh, since uh, they opened it up to everybody can come in the stadium would be about 18,000 people. <laughs> that is not a lot of people when it comes down to them. Again, they're very enthusiastic and all when they come into the stadium there. But, again, if Detroit want to get these big uh, big crowds coming on in there, they're going to have to start winning ball games there. And, again, the management staff are going to have to make better decisions on how they handle the particular uh, team they're, they're dealing with right now there. I, I know it's a lot harder. First-year coach, first-year experience of management staff, pitching coaches, hitting coaches, and, the, and you know, the list goes on and on. But that, that's what I'm going to be uh, more or less uh, – uh, a viewer or a fan on is how many people come back to Detroit and come back into Comerica Park to fill up the stands. And if Detroit is really going to be working hard on making sure that this team is a progressive team when it comes down to seasons upcoming there. Yeah, I, I agree with both of what you guys said. Certainly the, the fans in Detroit and uh, Dave's topics. I love the pennant races. I know the pennant races maybe aren't as exciting with wild cards and teams that get in because of that, but they're still exciting to me. And I think you have a couple real good ones going on. I think that Boston Tampa one in the AL East is going to be a battle. Tampa Bay city of champions. You got the lightning and, and you have the Buccaneers that both won and Tampa made the world series last time out. So that's certainly going to be a good series. Uh, it looks like the AL central uh, barring Cleveland really getting hot, although it's still early, but Chicago leads Cleveland. Cleveland by eight games. I like the Houston-Oakland uh, battle in the AL West. Uh, currently in the All-Star break, Houston leads the A's by three and a half. So I think that one potentially could be a good race. And at least, uh, you know, you got a pretty good race, four teams within six games of each other. But first place is the Mets, 50, 47 and 40. So I just don't get that excited about really any of those teams in that division. Look like we had a good race between the Cubs and the Brewers. And boy, the Cubs have hit the skids. I think they've lost seven or eight in a row. Look out for Cincinnati That's Milwaukee. right. And that was what I was going to say is Cincinnati. Butch has been talking about them a lot this year. They're only four games out. They've been hard charging. And I still love that NL West uh, battle with San Francisco. Francisco, L.A., and the Padres. I agree with you, Dave. I think L.A. will probably get in first place, but I think San Francisco very well could get one of those wild card spots. So those are the things that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Certainly, I get more into baseball the second half of the season. I haven't really watched a whole lot, to be honest, other than with the Tigers here and there because of some other sports and soccer tournaments going on. But I like the pennant races, and so those are some of the things that I'm looking forward to as we head to the second half of the baseball season. Uh, Butch, let's go to you uh, for a topic that you want to bring up or we uh, haven't brought up yet or just want to talk about more. We'll go to Dave first for first crack at your topic, sir. How about 
about the UFC 264 between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Was it memorable to you guys there what happened in the ring and then what happened after the ring? Certainly what happened after seemed to be more memorable to me, but I'll go to you first, Dave. Uh, your thoughts on uh, McGregor, Poirier, uh, round three, so to speak. You know, I... I looked at it, you know, I, I saw the result. I wasn't really surprised. I think Conor McGregor's uh, best years are behind him. I don't know a lot about uh, the UFC, but just kind of skim it here and there. But, you know, he's a showman. I mean, that's what he is. And you knew even on a stretcher he was going to have some great lines, and he certainly did. And uh, what he said afterwards uh, for a lot of people probably was more memorable than uh, him breaking his ankle, yeah. uh, you know, which you, you know, is you can't say about a lot of people, but. Uh, he's a showman. That's what he is. He's been probably the best thing and at times the worst thing for the UFC. Yeah. And that's it with me as well. Dave and Butch is he's a showman and I don't watch a lot of MMA, but or UFC, whatever you want to call it. But when he is on there, I'm watching, maybe I'm not buying the pay-per-view, but I'm following it. I want to know the results. I want to see the replay. And, and certainly things didn't go his way. As far as injury wise, uh, he says today that he will come back better than ever. He had three hour leg surgery. He posted a uh, video on social media, thanking the fans for their support saying he's feeling tremendous six weeks on crutch and we build back. Let's go. God bless. And, uh, certainly he had a lot of words, uh, after the match, uh, for, uh, Mr. Poirier's, uh, spouse and, and some other things, but that's part of the entertainment. It works to me in UFC. I'm a wrestling guy. I like it there. I like it here. Uh, certainly the fight maybe didn't live up to expectations, but something tells me down the road, you could very well see them fight again in probably a year. And both players are going to laugh all the way to the bank, Butch. And they're still laughing at the bank there. Uh, I watched this particular up, upcoming event there, and ESPN did one one heck of a job. They did the pre-announcements uh, and, and whatnot, watching the fighters come to the ring and whatever it may be. They did that on live TV. The UFC reminds me too much of wrestling there. Yep. I'm sorry to say that, but, you know, all they need is a script, and, 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 they, and they do one heck of a job there. But Dana White in the ring, especially when he interviewed Conor McGregor, he's sitting down on the on the ring with all this blood on there and whatnot, uh, just spilled all over the place there, interviewing um, Conor McGregor where he just he just went on, on, on a venge there, okay, as far as his comments concerned, talking about the man's wife and kids and all this other stuff there. You know, some of this is not tolerable to me as far as uh, sportsmanship or basically, you know, maybe being concerned with Conor McGregor and his broken leg right now there. It was an ankle first, but now it's a broken leg. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how people watch the MMA. I know I'm not a big fan of the MMA, you know, per se there. I will watch it if it's free. But again, you know, this episode where one fighter go to another again. This this is too much like the WWE here right now. And there gotta be some changes made when it comes down to how they prep a fight and how they get the fans. They, the fans are coming in, but again, the quality of the show is not there right now. When I when I saw this particular event. 
7.30 on the game. Scott Nason with you along with Dave Watson here in our ESPN 1400 studios. Co-host Butch Davis joining us via the phone from Metro Detroit. We are going to be with you up until 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1400. If you want to hear the full two-hour version of our show, you can find it around 8.30 on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Gentlemen, uh, it was certainly an interesting Sunday at Wembley yesterday as the Euro 2020 champion was crowned in 2021 and it did not come home according to the song it went to Rome as the Italians knocked off England in a penalty shootout at Wembley to claim their first Euro title since 1968 England still without a major trophy for 55 years uh Dave you and I were texting back and forth and you were asking me what I thought would happen in the game well what I thought would happen did happen England got to a penalty shootout, and they remembered that they were England and lost. Yeah, England and uh, penalty kicks, uh, just not a good situation. Bad history. You know, and they, I was hoping they'd win it, you know, 55 years. You know, and uh, I know uh, my uh, my longtime uh, partner in crime there and the weekend club. Yes, to, uh, co-host yes, my Lou, chum. Lou Turco or actually uh, uh, be his uh, board op and join him for the international sports show. Lou is a diehard uh of course, the Sioux Ontario fella, diehard Italia fan. Oh, so yes. I'm sure he was running up and down, waving his Italian flag <laughs> on Albert Street East to take the sting out of, out of the Montreal Canadiens losing the Stanley Cup final. But, uh, you know, it, it was a really good match. It looked like it was just back and forth. But you get to that penalty kick situation. Boy, that's that's just got to be nerve-wracking. The pressure. Oh, it, 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 I, I was trying to compute it to like, trying to kick a winning field goal in the Super Bowl, you you know things of that nature but boy that's a, that's a tough one there and you know you got you got 55 years of uh, frustration a whole country watching and uh, England couldn't get it done but it was I'll tell you what the whole uh, Euro uh, tournament I thought was really good there's a lot of good matches yeah it was great soccer in my opinion uh, Butch you and I have been talking about this for weeks about England uh, they made it to the final certainly a great season and unfortunately we saw the ugliness that happened afterwards with some fans and making racial statements towards a few of the players that missed the penalty kick uh, those people are idiots and it's not the first time that we've seen this from England fans but going back to the match Sunday uh, England once they got to that shootout you, you just kind of knew if you watch soccer a lot and follow this team over the past 20, 25 years, you kind of knew what was going to happen. Your thoughts? You know, I kind of wish this uh, this uh, overtime and how they do overtimes in soccer there, and when it comes down to free kicks and all this other crap there, I, I kind of, I'm not a very big fan of it there. I'm not I, either. I, myself, personally, I would wish they could continue to play until somebody uh, score a goal. And then once that happens, they get that, uh, their regular five minutes after that fact to play out that particular period until it's done. You know, I like to see sudden death uh, come into play in soccer when it comes down to these championship games and these, these shootouts and all this other stuff. I'm not a great fan of that. Now, you know, Scott, when you've been there, living there for a certain period of time, I know I had to live there working for the BBC and stuff there uh, for my um, 
pending years and whatnot there in the back. England can be very nasty fans when it comes down to them not winning yep. and whatnot there. And I don't know why it, why it is that where their sportsmanship go to uh, all-time low. But, again, that, you know, that, that, that doesn't do this particular tournament well, which was a grand tournament there. I saw some very good soccer matches there um, uh, taking place for them to get to their, their – their particular standings out there at Wembley and whatnot, it you know, it kind of it kind of boils over to you know you winning the game on a shootout. You know, I I kind of wish that goes away and the, the players continue to you know the players till they drop on the field or something of that nature there. But I would rather see somebody uh, uh, get a goal than rather than the shootout there. So that just just my opinion of the whole situation there. I agree, Butch. It's a tough way to end a tournament. What I've always uh, thought that they should bring back, and they had it once uh, not too long ago, was the golden goal, where if you scored a goal in the 30 minutes of extra time after the match is tied after 90 minutes, the game's yep. over. Right now, they don't do that. The other thing I think they should look at doing, and uh, you see it sometimes in hockey, is you know maybe if you play 15 minutes, 11 on 11, take one player yep. off the field each team, 10 on 10. Another 15 minutes. Yeah. You don't score 15 more minutes of nine on nine, eight on eight. I mean, we'll open the field. It, up. It's better than, you know, a penalty shootout where, you know, yes, it's drama. It's exciting. But like Butch said, it's just it's an unfair way for these teams that played seven matches to come down to basically one spot kick. It's, it's tough. And I, and I agree with Butch, too, Scotty. And I, I go back to. 1994 in the uh, World Cup at the the Rose Bowl. Yes. And Roberto Roberto Baggio. Baggio, Very good. For Italy. And Italy was in England's position. And they had a lot of pressure on them. They were in the final against Brazil. And Baggio um, sailed a kick right over the crossbar, as I recall. And and then Brazil ended up uh, winning the match. I remember thinking, well, that's kind of a crappy way for for this whole tournament to end to butch's point i mean i, I agree with that i think you you uh, go with overtime uh whether it's a golden goal situation i thought that worked to your point or uh, like your uh synopsis on hey pull a player off like hockey open up the field a little more i think that would make it exciting but no butch is absolutely right to have this end in the penalty kick it just you, you kind of leave you, you it's kind of like I, I I equate it to watching a really good movie and then the ending sucked. That's that's yeah. what kind of you know yeah. it, it like a bad ending. And, and you mentioned '94. That's when I really first really followed soccer because you just didn't have the coverage back then of soccer you know, it, in this country. And I that match specifically, I was over at a club, a very Italian club over in Sioux, Ontario. And when they lost that game, I've never seen a group of fans get more upset than those Italians oh. at a, a club over in Sioux, Ontario. And Butch, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about before we go to our final break is, you know, for you lived in England working for the BBC. I lived in England. And I think it's tough for American fans, maybe that haven't had the exposure, not just to soccer, but just to, to be a part and live in these other countries, just how much these countries live and die with their soccer teams, uh, not just in England, but in Europe and South America and other places. It's not like the United States because we just don't have a national team. You know, yeah, you can say the dream team, but you know, they win every time. So it's not that exciting. Maybe the 19, 
1980 Olympic hockey team might be an example, but it's hard, I think, for American sports fans that haven't been exposed to soccer and lived over in Europe to understand just how passionate and crazy some of these fans are. Yeah, now what's the old saying? Off with his head? Yeah, yeah. It's that way when it comes down to uh, when you live over there in Europe and whatnot, when it comes down to their, their club teams uh, participating in, in any kind of matches or anything, even down to cricket there, okay? Yep. It, it can get very, very rowdy when something just doesn't go the home fans' way, where they just basically just go eight ball the locks and just tear up the doggone place there. I know those racial comments after the game, there, again, it, it puts a dent in our whole doggone month of great soccer matches for fans to go out there and threaten people and and talk about the, the racial, the, keep the racial divide going and whatnot there. That, those things just, uh, they, they're just not tolerable, okay? And I sit up there and watch it, and, and the bad part about it is, you know, when I had to go out there and interview some of the fans and whatnot, sometimes <laughs> I would go into those pubs and interview fans after a game or an event or something like that. It is not a safe thing to do there when it comes down to asking certain sensitive questions about their home, about the match and all, and their home team not doing very, very well. You can get some very adamant, doggone responses there. And then sometimes they they feel that you don't have the right to ask those particular questions there, okay? So it, it, it's got to be cleaned up there. The International Football Society or whatever it may be, whoever runs uh, soccer in particular there, they got to look at how they uh, they present that particular game to his utmost there. Again, I think you have some very good ideas, Scott, when it comes down to the overtime and how it's going to be dealt with there. It, it, it doesn't make it a lot of sense, but to me it's a lot more tolerable when you go out there to win a match and you do it on your on the terms that are set up there instead of the special penalty kick or special shootout or whatever it may be. That's just no way to end it all for teams that have been fighting practically a whole month to get where they're at. Gentlemen, we're going to take our final break of the night. We come back. We'll have a couple more topics for the roundtable and have our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson Compactor Utility Tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson Compact and Utility Tractors. Visit Skinners of Pigford to find the right model for your operation. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? That's okay. Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Ask what we can do for you. 
Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan product to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. It's 2021 and Green Metals in Dafter, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your cooling bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN of 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined in studio by Dave Watson from Coach's Corner and voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. Gentlemen, we got time for at least a topic or two. Might even play a Mount Rushmore if we have time. So, Dave, we'll go back to you uh, for your next topic, and Butch will give you first crack at Dave's topic. So what's on your mind, sir? Novak Djokovic went in his 20th Grand Slam uh, at Wimbledon uh, yesterday, and, uh, you know, it kind of – it was uh, – it was not a real big headline because tennis isn't what it used to be as far as uh, the popularity. But boy, you know that was impressive. And and he is—I've uh, always liked him. I think he carries himself the right way. But twentieth Grand Slam win. I mean, that's right up there. You know, everybody talks about Serena and what she accomplished on the women's side. But I'll tell you what, this guy's—he's—he's he's the real deal. Holyfield, twentieth Grand Slam uh, winning at Wimbledon, uh, where he's won a lot of them. Yeah, tying Federer and Nadal for. 20 each. Uh, Butch, we've talked a lot about Djokovic over the last few weeks. Uh, what did you think of Wimbledon this year? Uh, it didn't have the same flair it has in years past. Maybe the pandemic might be part of it there. The, uh, the soccer incident where she you know, didn't get uh, too much involved in uh, Wimbledon this year. Uh, that might be a situation that uh, got to be looked at uh, in tennis in particular and how they do things. But again, I was kind of excited with the Djokovic match there because the young man from Canada who participated in it, he looked like he was was not joking. He was not messing around. But then Djokovic got his second win in him there, and he put things uh, to to standards, okay, in in that particular match. And it came out uh, smelling like roses for him there. It was a little bit harder match in particular to me than what it was announced, the final uh, match scores and whatnot was. But, again, 
he showed that he, he is worthy of uh, all the accolades that people give him when it comes down to tennis in particular there. I kind of wish that they go back to going on national television there. As you know, ESPN was covering exclusively here in the country, in this country there, where many other countries use their national networks to, to highlight the particular uh you know, the semifinals and the quarterfinal matches there. And I and I kinda wish that um that they they get back to basics on that particular there. It it, it needs to be done. It needs to be done very, very quickly there with ESPN and ABC, which is part of Disney there. Um uh, kinda make some arrangements in making that a lot better match to be viewed by the general public. I agree with you hundred percent there, Butch and, and you look at Djokovic, Dave and what he's done, you know, he's been number one more than any weeks or more than anybody in history as far as the rankings. He's won the Masters title, which isn't a major, but it's still a very important title. Uh, he's won that nine times. But where people measure is Grand Slams, Grand Slams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not too long ago, he was quite a bit behind Nadal yeah. and Federer. And now he's just a machine. I'm like you. I like him. Uh, this guy just does not sweat. He doesn't get tired. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get shaken. And if you shake him, he shakes it right off. And uh, he could break that t- three-way tie with Nadal and Federer at the U.S. Open in September. And I believe win the Grand Slam. I think he won the Australian Open, too, if I'm not mistaken. So certainly Novak Djokovic is doing things very well and uh, looking forward to the U.S. Open. Butch, uh, we got time for one more topic here. Uh, What else is on your mind that we haven't talked about? And Dave, I'll give you first crack at Butch's topic. Oh, boy. This is going to be pretty hard there. But maybe pretty easy. The WWE is going back on the road again there. Starting this Friday there, they'll be getting fans in the stands for the AEW. They're going to start Wednesday there. Uh, what do you think of that particular ordeal where uh, you get to go and watch wrestling again live and in person? Dave, are you a wrestling guy? Uh, I was uh, 25 years ago. <laughs> I, I, I kind of watched, you know, a little bit of it, you know, you know, time and again. And, of course, you know, I go back to uh, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, wow. and those guys. Going yeah. old school. But, uh, USA superstars. I, I, you know, I'll flip around and, you know, it will still catch my eye. But, you know, Butch is right, you know, with them going back in the arenas. And I tell you right now, if if they're allow everybody in, they're going to sell it out. I mean, because, you know, wrestling fans are, they're like NASCAR. I mean, yeah. they, they are like NASCAR fans. They, they are loyal and they'll be right back there, uh, ready to go. And, uh, I'm surprised that, uh, they're, that they haven't been back already because you've seen a lot of other things open up, but it's probably difficult because they bounce around so much and you're dealing with different states and different health things. But, uh, no, it, it will be interesting, but I, you know, I, I think that you're going to, to see you know full arenas if they allow it yeah i'm excited for it butch uh obviously i'm a little tired of the thunderdome and, and the video pictures of fans and some of the other things that they're doing i certainly think that uh, the wwe needs a shot in the arm and to get fans involved because i i just feel their product is is not as uh, intriguing to me as AEW and thinking of that organization going out on the road with fans. That gets me really excited. I, I really like 
the direction that AEW is going. It just, again, we talk about this a lot when you and I get together, Butch, but I just like the feel of it. I like the announcers because it brings me back to a time in my life that I watched a lot of wrestling and it was getting a lot of ratings and it just, it just a more realistic, interesting project or uh, a show right now compared to the WWE, but all organizations need fans in there because wrestling without fans is like watching about any sport without fans. And we'll talk about that next in a moment, Butch, uh, your thoughts on your topic. Well, I kind of like both those comments. They were pretty sticky there. Uh, you know, some of us are, are longtime viewers of wrestling in particular there. And the one thing that is, I think, again, with the WWE need to improve when these fans come back. They need to bring back more matches in the ring there instead of spending 10 or 15 minutes. And uh, a perfect example, when you watch Raw tonight, they'll spend 10, 15 minutes on trying to hype something up rather than show matches there. And uh, it, it stinks to high heaven as far as many uh, wrestlers they let go and change around and whatnot there, that they don't give us more opportunity to see more wrestling matches than it used to be like they used to do on back in the 80s on the USA Network and whatnot when they first uh, brought this uh, cessation of doing uh, the wrestling matches in the arenas and whatnot. Uh, one uh, small note there, Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, he passed away today there, so I'm quite sure we're going to get some notice on that when you watch Raw. But again, uh, WWE, they got to get back on the road with a bang. Let's show more matches there. That's where the AEW stands supreme and what they're doing right now there. And of course, the turn away of doing business when it comes down to wrestling matches is, you know, it's creeping up on the WWE and uh, the Vince McMahon's way of doing matches there. Gentlemen, we got about nine minutes left. I'll throw out my final topic and then we'll get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Dave, I'll go to you first. Uh, we mentioned fans uh, coming back to the WWE. Well, Olympics, which are just 11 days away from starting in Japan, uh, will not have spectators as Japan last week declared a state of emergency as Olympic organizers are banning all spectators from the games after this year, uh, after a state of emergency due to curb the wave of new COVID-19 infections. Uh, there were some talk a few weeks ago about you know, having 50% capacity up to 10,000 people, but there's lots of pressure uh, going on right now on the country of Japan from the IOC, and uh, many of the people don't want it. I just want your thoughts on uh, just an Olympics that's going to be basically a, a TV-only event uh, without fans, something that we haven't seen. When, you know, I'm a little concerned. I was telling you off the air, Scott, about, you know, how this is going to unfold. I, I think this is the the first you know shoe to drop. I th I think we're, there's going to be a lot of issues. I don't want to sound negative, but boy, I, this just has a recipe for disaster. And I hope I'm wrong, but you know, no fans, and uh, they're you know they're concerned about uh, you know COVID again with the Delta variant, all these other variants coming in. But I you know I, I could you see you know you got a the hundred meter final in the day of. And you got the, let's say two or three of the top runners. Nope, gone. 
because of uh, COVID, yep. you know, and it's just, it's too bad. And, and and we've already seen some, you know, things happen. The, uh, the young lady from the U S there, Shakiri Richardson, you know, and that's garbage as it is there with the, you know, they, they need to look at that with, then that's a whole nother matter sure as far do. as the marijuana thing. And, and, and now I, th- that right there, when, when they said that she is, uh, she is inactive and can't go, I, I thought, Boy, I was looking forward to seeing her run. Oh, absolutely. And, and then that, that was like, well, let's see how this goes. And, you know, I'm still looking forward to the swimming, you know, and, and that's always a fun event and watching the basketball and that. But, but I, I just worry how this is going to go because this just don't look good. Butch, uh, your thoughts on the Olympics without spectators, how it's going to look, uh, what's going to go down, your thoughts? Well, to me, the right decision was made, and I said that uh, we back maybe a month, month and a half ago when they said they were going to let fans in there. I was kind of very skeptical on how that would be turning out there with all the variants going on throughout the world, and uh, and and where they had to go a step back. Well, they end up doing going a step back, and to me, uh, the safety of people and concern is more important to me than basically letting the fans on in there and, and letting them do what they do there. Uh, it's, it's not going to be a big plug for the uh, athletes, per se, who's looking for those fans to be in the stands and whatnot, and they're able to bring their families over, which uh, to the last I've heard right now, the families are not going to be allowed to go over in Japan to take part with their loved ones and whatnot as uh, Olympics pass. So that's a big uh, scorch uh, for the Olympics in general there. I feel bad for that. But, again, I think they made the right decision in not letting fans in there for the health and safety reasons of uh, the general public and the general uh, public in concerns, especially the athletes who come over there who maybe had shots or participated in having shots and, and doing all the right things to kind of keep themselves safe and, and, and doing this there. Uh, hopefully the IOC, after these Olympics are over, they look at some of the rules and regulations they put forth toward the athletes there. Uh, many uh, municipalities in the United States, at least I know, and around the world in general, uh, marijuana is legal there. And for that, that is not an enhancing drug in order for a player to do, you know, do better. In any fortune there, you'll eat more and uh, some other things that I'm not going to mention on radio <laughs> in general, but uh, you know what? I, they need to look at that very badly there. That, you know, too many people are going to suffer on that. Gentlemen, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. we got a little under five minutes. I will start. Uh, first of all, thumbs down to the idiotic uh, fans in England and Spain. Uh, we had one of the players for Spain had death threats against his family members due to his poor play. And we already talked about the uh, English fans that uh, posted and did just stupid things after their loss. So thumbs down to all that. Thumbs up to Lionel Messi uh, for Argentina. The Argentinian, Tinian rather, uh, defeated, helped defeat Brazil uh, for his first ever major championship trophy for an international team. And thumbs thumbs up. I'm all tongue-tied here. Good thing I'm not in a spelling bee to Zyla avant-garde she won the national spelling bee this week spelling the word mariah m-u-r-r-a-y-a i got it wrong not only does she spell well but she also holds three guinness world records for dribbling multiple basketballs simultaneously and she hopes to play one day in the nba or even coach in the nba way to go zyla 
Dave Watson, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Thumbs down. I'll uh, go to the Tigers with uh, the way they finished uh, the first half of the season. I was really optimistic that they would at least uh, split or get uh, three out of four and uh, be in a good position going into the second half of the season. And uh, I was, again, I was wishful thinking, hoping to be above 500, but uh, hopefully they can turn it around. But I give them thumbs down for the clunkers they had in Minnesota. Thumbs up. I don't know if you saw this. I saw the end of it uh, yesterday. Of course, I'm, you know, a big golfer golf quite a bit and um, eh, okay but uh, i love watching it too and i watched the american century celebrity golf wow. tournament in uh it was on nbc on uh, that in lake tahoe and uh, charles barkley and oh, all yeah. the, the celebrities and the actor jack wagner he finished fifth and uh, so i was watching that but a neat thing happened there Vinny del negro remember him oh, Vinny. San Antonio, guard, uh, yeah. nc state played uh, for san antonio was a coach as well he won it in a playoff over John Smoltz and they uh, interviewed him afterwards. And he was talking about how uh, he's, you know, his dad died on Wednesday and the previous Wednesday. And his dad told him that I want you to play in the tournament. And he played for his dad and he was very emotional and said that his dad's the one that got him into golf. And this is like his 14th, 15th year playing in that event. And it was, I'll tell you what, for amateurs, even you know celebrities, it was fun to watch in the end, but that was cool that Vinny Del Negro won that tournament in uh, Lake Tahoe. So I give him thumbs up. Good stuff. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Well, thumbs up go to ESPN and ABC because on August 8th, you'll be able to see Monday, uh, Sunday Night Baseball on the regular network now there. Uh, that is a final decision there. Disney is pulling up their rights and whatnot. Uh, didn't make any sense for the Sunday Night National game not to be on uh, national television, but in August, Eighth, that will happen uh, where you get to see uh, some good baseball on Sunday night if you care to do so. Uh, also, a uh, cold thumbs up for the young lady with the spelling bee there and the magnificent talents that that young lady has. Boy, the future is bright for her. Um, thumbs down. Uh, I don't know with the Paris police and all that. You didn't hear that James Harden was uh, caught by the police officers in Paris. When he was uh, associated with Little Baby and uh, Kyan West, they come to find out in the car that uh, Little Baby and Kyan West was in. They had 20 ounces of marijuana in the car there, and they got arrested. James Harden was not arrested, and I just want to emphasize that. But again, the association with him almost got him in a wee bit of trouble there. So, you know, you look at that there and say, Oh, my. What, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? What can we do? We got to get out of here, guys. Butch, Dave, appreciate you both being on the show. Dave will certainly talk more to you later on here this month or in August. And Butch will talk to you next week. Thanks both for being on the show. Great show, guys. All righty. Thank you. See ya. All right, there you go. Old school. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the game. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version, you can find it at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. We will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sioux St. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.